I'm Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, your daily action guide to getting shit done. Today I have an incredibly special guest, a guy that I've literally seen from over the past three and a half years go from really a, a, a very notable and recognizable face to exploding his own personal brand. He's got TV shows and movies in the works and been, a, been on the big screen. He's a multiple business owner. This guy's a, a fucking hilarious guy and a close friend of mine, Vincent Rocco Vargas. How are you, Rocco? Good, man. Good, good. I don't I feel like to, I can live up to that. Gosh, <laughs> I need to be your hype man, buddy. I need to come out to Salt Lake and just follow you around and like announce you as you walk into places. <laughs> oh, so I got, I got to know. I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. Why Rocco? Like it's, it's Vincent Vargas, but why, where did the name Rocco come from? Uh, originally, it was just a couple of my buddies. Uh, I've always been a kind of a dad figure. And so we went out one night and I'm kind of making sure I was like a bouncer. I was making sure they were safe, making sure they were in the car. I'm the last one in, counting everyone out. And they said I treated him like I was a bouncer, like big old Rocco the bouncer. And that was it. Like my buddies, you know, they kept calling me that and it stuck. And then we did a movie and it stuck. And now everything I do, I think in the entertainment world is kind of labeled Rocco because. I don't know, man. I'm still figuring it out because, and the, and the weird thing is, my mom thought I picked that kind of nickname because my great grandfather's name is Rock, R O Q U E, and okay. she's like, "Oh, that's cool that you use that nickname." I'm like, "No, I didn't know that, that mom." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, my whole life, have never had a middle name. And yeah. I've actually thought about making my middle name my great grandfather's middle name, and so then it would actually all kind of come together and make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So for now, uh, yeah, it's Rocco, um, you know, and it's usually just an entertainment name. Makes sense. So I'll just say, say Rocco then in this, you and I met, gosh, probably four years ago at Sundance, right? Was that the, the first place we came across each other? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you, I was there, you had a movie premiere. Yeah, go ahead. I got, I have the picture. I'm going to share the picture of you and I I downstairs. I said, bro, you look good in that suit. (laughs) <laughs> and by chance, you were like, oh, yeah. And I was like, man, I, I can't. Because I was finding suits. I'm not a small guy, right? I'm a 260-ish in the frame, sometimes 70, depending. And when you go to a suit place and you're just buying one off the shelf, it's wide. And I'm like, man, this thing does not really, you know, it's, it's not flattering for me because I need something that shows a little bit of the shape of my body. And so when you walked in the room, I'm like, Jesus, look at this monster. I thought you were a wrestler, bro. I thought you were <laughs> WWF. Freaking, I, I, I almost thought you were Triple H. Like, and I was like, yeah. I used, and I I like, used to hear that. All, yeah, I appreciate I used to hear that more often than I'd like to admit that people would mistake me from afar as Triple H, which is hilarious because, I mean, I guess I guess it's not. Like, it's, it's flattering. That's flattering. That's, yeah. And that's what I thought, dude. And I was like, dude. This guy looks good in that suit. I got to ask him where he got it because I needed it for myself. Yeah. And that's yeah, where so, it started. Yeah, we struck up a conversation in the basement of, oh, gosh, the Indie Lounge, I think it was, is yes. where, the, where that movie premiere was at. And Do you want to touch base on the movie? Is that, I mean, that was your first yeah, silver screen um, you appearance, know, right? That was the first, you know, out there in public, in theaters. Kind of a, a really a fucking hilarious, cool-ass movie to see from yeah, my side. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, six friends decided we wanted to put a movie together. We did a crowdfund. We became the fourth highest crowdfund in Indiegogo history. And it's unheard of because we are all no-name individuals. We had a very successful YouTube channel. And from there, that's really what drew in the crowd. The veteran community, the law enforcement community, they all kind of stepped up and helped us produce this movie. We were YouTube guys. and never thought we'd go anywhere past that. But we had the vision of the movie, and we were able to 
do it. And so you guys were actually watching the first time anyone has ever witnessed the trailer of Range 15. And it was the only independent film still to date that was number one on Amazon. Yeah, that's wild, man. Congratulations for that success. I mean, it's worth, like, if you, you as a listener, if you're listening right now, definitely take a look at it. Like, the movie is hilarious, and it it really frames a different viewpoint of the veteran, yeah, you know, armed you forces know community. I think Range 15 was great because what we did, the story behind it. And if you also, if you're going to watch Range 15, you need to watch the documentary we did called Not a War Story. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is really what encapsulates what we did and why we did it. You know, the veterans, uh, you know, we, we come from a world where a lot of our time is spent in war. And, and the, the sense of humor thing, you've been able to debrief from really ugly things with comedy. And so we kind of brought that to the big screen because we knew there was a lot of guys that needed to know that. It's okay. We do have sometimes dark personality, but so do doctors, so do nurses, so do paramedics, firefighters. These people that see ugly things, you have to find a way to debrief it. And it's healthy. Uh, sometimes it's a little dark, but it's kind of how we do to, to deal with these things. And so that's what this really this movie was. Some people will never understand that. But if you see the documentary behind it, you'll, you'll start putting together and be like, okay, now I respect why they did what they did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Rocco, let's touch base on that. I know your background, but obviously my listeners, this might be the first time they've heard of you. Let's, let's walk through military coming home from, from deployment. Like, let's talk about what built you up to this point right here. Yeah, man. So uh, I joined I, I was a college baseball player, became academically ineligible. Uh, I had a daughter at the time, wanted to make sure I, I was able to provide for her. And I need a little bit of structure myself. Uh, I joined the military uh, with a Ranger contract. So I went directly into special operations after passing all the training. Uh, I spent, uh, let's see, I had two combat deployments to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. You know, I've lost friends in training. I've lost friends in war. Uh, I got out of the military trying to find myself again. I got into corrections for a little bit, went into the border patrol. And that's when I really started hitting, you know, my, my wall. I was, you know, still struggling with transitioning out of the military. I was going through a divorce. I was alone. I was drinking a lot. And so all these things kind of came to fruition and hit me all at once. And by chance, I, I met up with a friend. And we started doing these YouTube videos and I found a little bit of a passion in hanging out with the guys again, having this camaraderie and, and being able to talk to someone I trusted that, that I can tell them like, man, I'm really struggling. And as we did these videos and these humor for, for veterans, we started getting emails saying how much we're inspiring them and motivating them. And that really is where I said, forget everything else I'm doing. I want to focus 100% on inspiring, motivating, and, and and entertaining veterans for the rest of my life. And then it kind of the spectrum grew because all my border patrol guys that I worked with started following and they started reaching out. And so now my major following is law enforcement and and military, which is beautiful. And then you have the the trickle of of parents who watch me raise my kids and and have seen the struggles of my life. And so now I am today, uh, I'm in the position right now, what what I try to do is inspire, motivate, and entertain um, anyone who's listening now. You know, and it started from from uh, you know from the YouTube. Yeah, and and Rocco, what was the total time period? I mean, obviously, college academically ineligible to leaving the border patrol. How long of a chunk of time is that in your life? So I joined the military in two thousand three. I left the border patrol in two thousand fifteen. Okay. Yeah, I left in two thousand fifteen. So I, I mean, a better part of my life, you know, twelve years of military law enforcement and continued. I'm still in the military now as an Army Reservist, 
So that's 15 years of military service. I have seven and a half years of law enforcement service and all that combined, you know, uh, it's just who I am. You know, that's kind of the, the root of where I've come from is that world. Um, and then I'm now am living a life trying to teach others about my mistakes and how I fix them and, and things like that, that if I can be a beacon of light for some of those and see the mistakes I've made and they could fix their life before they make that mistake, well then cool. So be it. So that's why I do put my life out there on social media. Of course. And I'd have to imagine at this point being, I mean, we'll cover all the businesses you own. You're, you're a true entrepreneur, but that structure that you've learned from military law enforcement, that has to start to pay dividends as we jump into kind of the business side of your life, right? I mean, you have four, five, six. I feel like every time I speak with you, there's a new project like, bro, I got this thing I'm working on. I can't really share it with you because it's it's crazy, but you, you'll see in the future. Like you have a bunch of stuff going on right now. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of businesses and a, and a lot of uh, projects that are in the works. And some are obviously mine's MC right now. Everyone's getting to see, I've been filming that for almost two years. You know, that's been uh, two years. Yeah, it's been about two years we've been filming that, and finally everyone's getting to see it every Tuesday night, right? Yeah, and um, where where can they see that at, Rocco? If someone's interested, all, yeah. you can see that on FX right now. Uh, my character's name is Gilly. I'm one of the Mines MC. I'm a Patchton member, and um, you can see all the crazy stuff that Kurt Sutter, the writer, and, and Elgin James, the other writer, uh, have put together. If you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, this is exactly right up your alley. So, like I said, it's Tuesday nights on FX. We're on episode five coming up here soon. You have to catch it all. You can catch it even on Amazon Prime. It's beautiful. But, you know, things like that, I've been working on for two years. I've been waiting for it to, like, come out, <laughs> you know? Well, I want, I want to stop there for just a minute. Like, you've had almost meteoric rise with this. Like, Mayans MC is getting big-time publicity. Like, it, it's going very well for a launch. Let's, let's touch base on that versus even Sons of Anarchy and some of the things that the listeners might have heard before, but this is big. It's right now the number one, number one television show on network right now. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> said, said like it's no big deal. Like, yes, it's, it's just this number one show overall. With well, everything. You know, it's my first show. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know what to expect. And everyone's calling me like, dude, congrats. I'm like, yeah, that sounds really cool. I, it's crazy to me. Yeah. But, um, FX was incredible with their marketing marketing because I've done marketing because I do the social media stuff. I've been watching how they do it. And I, bar none, incredible. What they've done, I believe is really a testament to why so many people tuned in mm-hmm. and all you had to do was tune in for you to get caught, you know, and you're stuck now. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's, that's, is that, are you noticing a, an uptick in businesses? Like you have a, a barber shop and you have a, you know, beard.com, you have some big things that are yeah. out in the front. You know, there's, there's people that, that want to meet the character, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's to the capacity. I mean, I still go out to eat. No one notices me. So it's good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, um, it might not always be like that. If, if this is, I'd say season three, four, and I'm still in the show and I'm still doing my thing, then you're going to start seeing a really big influx of, of the fan kind of thing. But there's a few here and there that definitely go to the barbershop and want, hopefully that I'm going to be there, you know, and there's, there's a few here and there that just support me because who I am. I mean, my social media has jumped about 5k just from the show alone, which is nice. Yeah. And a lot of those people get really connected to the characters on the show. And so when they get connected like that, they, um, they support everything about me on my personal side as well, which is cool. So I definitely see an influx, um, and and it's going good. So we're just going to keep riding that wave, man. Yeah. Yeah, so tell me about, you know, obviously we touched base on a barbershop. You have a barbershop in greater Salt Lake City. Is that is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, yeah downtown Salt Lake. Okay. 
And then from there, you also have a beard product or beard beard yes. products, like a, a plethora, a suite of that. Tell me about that. It's like a male grooming product, I would call it. It's beard.com. Um, you know, me and my buddy, my buddy was able to get his hands on it. We decided to build a business around it. Uh, you know, we have three different, three different scents that we push on there. But uh, again, it's just like a blue collar. We don't try and do too much craziness when it comes to marketing. We just want, want to be really honest and, and let people just try it for themselves. It's made in the USA. It's, it's just a good beard product. Right now, the beard thing is pretty big. Uh, hopefully, it stays big. And uh, the company's doing good. We have a lot of cool ideas for the near future to really get it out there and expand. But, you know, um, in business, you have to stay very patient, you know, and you have to trust that the work you're putting into is going to pay off. And, and we've been very patient now for two years and would like to see some really big growth coming up in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and in that, too, I, I feel like I just brushed over kind of one of the, the things that was one of the sponsoring parts of the original Indie, indie Lounge deal. And that was Lead Slinger's Whiskey. Like you, you went through the drinking phase in your life and obviously you're more in health and fitness now and, and taking care of your body as you need to for all the shit you have going on. But you still have this very, I mean, it's, it's a national whiskey company, right? Yeah. It's uh, currently we're in about 20 different states and we just got the contract to get all 50 states by middle of 2019, which is incredible. It's all veteran owned. We got, we're very fortunate to be able to, to link up with a distiller who was interested in working with us. And we made a lot of money off of a t-shirt company and didn't know what we were going to do with it. So we invested it directly into whiskey because you, you know, the margins and you understand like marketing and, and liquor is a huge deal. Um, and we said, you know what? Like a lot of the vices are important to us. That they're good for business. The consumer product is smart. And uh, we liked whiskey, so we tried it, and and it's been doing well. It's been growing. We're super happy with it. We are really starting to take our marketing side of it more serious now. We used to do just a lot of social media stuff. Now we're going to try and take it nationally and really do some serious marketing and start trying to threaten some of the major whiskey companies out there. Yeah, that's great because I mean, admittedly, I'm not a huge drinker, but the whiskey that you have is good. Like it's not it's not some coy thing of like oh it's veteran owned and you know I see a lot of stuff out there that to me. And I'm not disparaging the veteran community. Lord knows that is not what this message is to me. But there's a lot of veteran-owned companies that feel like a veteran put their name on something because it just made sense and maybe the quality of product's not that good. That is not the case with who you are or the, the lines that you represent. Like the whiskey is phenomenal. Yeah, that's one of those things you want to – if you're going to put your name on something, you got to really believe in it. You know, And when we, we did all our testings, we did all our, our – you know, we're trying every kind of blend we possibly could. And this one we felt was – Something you can drink just on the rocks, and it's really good. And so that's what we've been doing, and, and it's been doing well, man. So we have, you know, a whiskey. We have a, a uh, we have a cinnamon whiskey. We have a rum, and we have a rye, and we're working on our single our single malt as well. So it's really good. Yeah, I mean, we've, been, we've been really happy with it. For for sure. Now, Rocco, you've had you shared with me in a, in a pre-show interview and I obviously you and I've been friends or friendly in our own capacity since since we first met there was a time like there was a shift like you went from the the you know the the veteran focused and you're part of a group and you're doing things that are you know encompassing a lot of different individuals and then throughout your evolution of your personal journey it seems like you've started to just beat your own drum like the message that you're taking to the marketplace is truly just your message how did that come about what what went on 
you know, you start business with friends and you have these goals and these dreams. And then as businesses start growing and then as you as a person start growing and changing, um, things change, right? Like I started growing as a father. I started growing uh, more as a husband and I wanted to do, I wanted to be more relevant in their lives. And the path I was taking with my buddies was really the opposite of that. And for me, it made sense to completely focus on my family and how can I focus on my family, continue to do what I'm doing for the better community. Well, I just decided I wanted to be more honest with my brand and I wanted to expand a little bit more on different directions. And so, you know, I had a little bit of a health scare and that really motivated that concept. Um, I told the boys, I said, I'm going to step back from some of these businesses. I got to focus on, you know, and they're my friends, respected that. And, uh, and now me focusing 100% on me and what's better for my family, my kids has expanded my brand tenfold. You know, I've been able to do so much more now because everything is with, with a passion of mine personally in direction that I really want to go. And so in doing that, I feel like I've given more to it. And, uh, now, you know, I have a show on network television, you know, I have the book coming out and I have podcasts. I, it's just been amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick at that scar just a little bit more. Cause it's something that I stand for Rocco and you and I, again, covered this a little bit on a pre-show interview. Like the way I view this world for you, you had massive success like you and the guys were running around and it's like everywhere I turned at least on social media there was an article an ad like it was like the forefront of everywhere some really phenomenal growth and in that growth you were present enough in your own mind to realize what was important to you and that was family raising children being a good husband like those things started to take precedence even over the success of businesses like the external adulation of you know, either monetary success or notoriety in a marketplace. And that coupled with, and I don't know how far we want to go into a health scare, but, you know, there was just this almost epiphany, it sounds like, two and a half years ago, two years ago of what am I really doing and why am I doing it? Like, you know, I and it matters. Like, I, th I think that's important for people to know. Like, we all chase dollar bills. Like, I've been guilty of it. I've shared it on my show a bunch. I chase notoriety. I chase all this shit that really didn't matter. And at the end of the day, my fulfillment comes from going home and having my bonus daughter, stepdaughter, like sit on my lap and read me a book and kiss my wife at a time that I can actually see and spend time with her. Like, fuck it. If the business implodes, I still have them. That's the thing is, you know, I've always tell people like, no matter what, uh, no matter what happens, in, no matter what happens in life, my, my family is always going to be there for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've, I've received $50,000 checks before. And I'm like, dude, this is cool. But, but this is not downstairs. Sorry, my kids. <laughs> I received $50,000 checks before. And it was like, hell yeah, man. Like, this is definitely a life I can handle. But like, I think the happiest I've ever been is when I was broke. Because you really start appreciating all the things you know what i mean i appreciate the time with my kids i appreciate their sports i appreciate their homework i appreciate everything that they have and then when you start making money you seem to become oblivious to all the little things again and um i started traveling a lot i started missing their sports again i started and, and i'm like what am i doing i'm doing exactly what i told myself i wouldn't do once i got out of the army because in the army i was missing everything and so i had to reflect on that you know and and when i ended up having that medical scare you know me and my wife were sitting there and 
in the hospital. We're signing the paper saying, you know, they're going to have to restart my heart. And if there is a small chance of death, you're signing that paper. And right there is like, that's enough acknowledgement. I'm like, wait a minute, can I die right now and be okay? No, I'm not proud of what I've done yet. I'm not, I'm, I'm not there. I don't have the financial backing to make sure that my kids are secure. I don't have, I have nothing set in place for them. So essentially, if I died in that moment, I left them all hanging. And that makes me feel terrible as a father, as a husband, as the provider, you know? And so I was just super disappointed in all the decisions I've made were not in the best of interest for them. And so right after that moment, obviously, um, they, you know, I had my heart shocked back to normal rhythm. And that was it. You know, I woke up to my wife. I was like, you know what? The, uh, my direction in my life is going completely different now. I want to focus on this family. You know, and I want to focus on, on what we do. I want to focus on my financial capabilities of actually giving us. I got life insurance now. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. have it. I was just kind of, you know what I mean? Things like that. We talked about like even anything with the Mayans, like we sat and talked like, is this good for the family? Do we want to do this or not? And it's this both of us making the decision for the, the greater of the good of the family. This isn't me saying, this is a cool opportunity. I got to go. You know, it's not like that. Everything we choose now is a teamed effort. Yeah. 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 I love that, man. And and I love like seeing the evolution and I, I don't want to, th- this is unedited. So if this is something we don't talk about, you can literally tell me to shut the fuck up. I'm good with it. Like when I met you, you were in a different relationship. You were in the process of engagement and marriage I actually made your suit for a previous wedding, you know, that, that happened. And it was a very quick transition that you realized that maybe that situation didn't serve you for the growth and the better good of the future. And so there's this pivot where now you have this amazing relationship. Like I see it on social media. I talk to you about it. Like it's like you was almost at a different point. You're trying to fit a little bit of a square peg in a round hole and it, you were making it work. And then all of a sudden now it's like, man, just energetically everything aligns. Just the way you told the story about the Mayans, you have this amazing wife that supports you that you feel like is an equal and she feels like you're an equal back. And that it, that doesn't seem like that was always the case for you. Not to disparage past relationships. Lord knows, like that's not the deal. It's just, you know, with us, with me and my wife, it made sense. You know, Um, I want someone who is able to understand what it's like to raise kids, to love kids, to, to, because if you, if you don't have that, you're not going to know what I expect from you to be with my kids. You know, I, I was a single father. I expected someone to be able to come in and, and take over as the mother figure as I continue to do my part. Because at that point, I'm, I'm the mom, I'm the dad, you know, I'm the disciplinary, I'm also the nurturer. And it was getting to the point where it was really tough for me. You know, my wife was able to step into this relationship and be the mother that they needed. And I was able to be the father that her kids needed. And it was this perfect timing of we're, we're at the age where like, Let's just have a family and do our thing. And, it, and it's been super successful. You know, I think we're, we're our, our own version of checks and balances for each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To keep that balance that I, I, I try and strive to do all the time. Really, and that's what it is, is this work-life balance that I talk about when I do public speaking. Is That is, with, with my wife, we are able to have this balance. And when I'm not in balance, trust me, I hear it. And it's like, you're right. I'll back off. I'm done here. Let's, you know, and so that's where this has been. You know, these kids all know families first, families first for everything. Yeah. And you keep touching base on the kids. You literally inside your house right now, I believe have enough 
living, breathing beings to to at least be the the starting starting lineup for the Bulls. Like you have what six six kids in the house? We have six kids, dogs. Yeah, we have it all. <laughs> so t- tell me about the kid dynamic. How many were yours from your previous marriage or from your life? How many were hers? How's that blended family work? My four. I have my four from from my first marriage, and then um, my wife has her two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have three boys, three girls in total. You know, range from five all the way up to fifteen. Um, they get along real well. They're all close. They play together well, and it's been it's been incredible. It it didn't take long for my wife's kids to fall into the dynamics of what my kids do. My kids were very independent. They're raised by an army drill sergeant. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, they, they're structured in the, and they wake up in the morning, they get their stuff done, they dress themselves, they tie their own shoes and they go get their lunches ready. And that's very common and all the way to the youngest one. And when her kids came into the picture, her oldest daughter just fell right into the lineup and it was really cool to watch. She's like, what are they doing? Okay, I'm doing it. And so that was nice to see the little one, you know, we've had him since he was three. So it's taken some growing into uh, the disciplinary side of what I do, you mm-hmm. know, as well as is the still nurturing stuff that she does. And we, we, we butt heads on it. Sometimes I'm like, let him grow, let him grow. He needs to grow, let go a little, let him, you know? And so as we're doing this though, it's like, it's the total teamwork. Cause there's times she tells me like, let them be relaxed. You're, you're a little too uptight on that. And I get it because I, I, one thing I want to do is raise quality people in the future. You know what I mean? Knowing yeah. that the kids have manners, respects, uh, you know, all these things that, that we, we expect other people to have, you know? And so in, in the, in the, in the balance side of things, we're still trying to balance that, that as well in raising kids. Yeah. But it seems like from the outside, I mean, with the communication that you guys have and the, the evolutions you've went through as a family it, from the outside, it feels very healthy. Like it feels like things are just working for you. And that what I found in my life and i Correct me if I'm wrong on your side, but when I find the power in my relationship, like everything else finally started to become much easier. Like this business, the podcast, the other, my, everything else is simple. Like my, how my relationship started was a catalyst to make everything else good versus the other way around. Like I was convinced that, man, when I had enough money and my business was on fire, then I'd finally, like that would make my relationship good. That was complete bullshit for me. Yeah, no, you're, it's exactly it. Like we, we seem to have crack the code and I'm going to try and hold on to this as much as, as much as, you know, as long as we can, we're, we're trying to keep that work, work life balance. And obviously always knowing that money isn't what makes us happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's togetherness, you know, it's time spent, you know, things like that is, is really with the quality side of it. Absolutely. And in that quality side, when you and I first met, you were living down right on basically on the border in Texas, right? I mean, you were, down south, basically border patrol area, like where you'd have to live to be part of the border patrol. And then there was a shift that came and you wanted to, you moved your family to what now? Salt Lake City, right? So just outside of Salt Lake City, me and my wife came up here to, to film a, a TV show. Um, and when we got here, we were amazed, like, whoa, this place is gorgeous. And I've been there before, but it was, it was during, uh, I didn't get to see all the mountains. I didn't get to see the area. Uh, and so when we showed up here, we were both like, this is incredible. And we sat there one night in our bed in El Paso and we were like, why are we living here? I, what I do for a living, I can live anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we decided let's, let's pick a date, let's find a place and let's move. And so we rented out our house in El Paso and we moved up here and we have not, we've not looked back once thinking it was the wrong decision. It's the best thing we've ever done. Oh, that's wonderful. And in, in coming to Salt Lake for this, sh- for that, you know, the filming of a show, 
Is that show, where, where does that sit in the evolution? Is that something that's coming out soon? Is that already launched? What, what is, I know you probably can't speak a lot about it, but what's going yeah. on there? That's one of those projects we've been working on for a while. We've had some pushback, but um, as it stands now, that show will be going live here soon. And when I'm able to speak on it, you'll see it all over my social media. <laughs> so I'm excited for that show to finally, it's going to be here soon. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful to hear because I know that's one of the things that I've learned from from just speaking with you and getting to know you better. What we see on, on TV or what we see out there, like the like I'm working now 90 days ahead. Like my mind works 90, maybe 120 days ahead. But in the television world and the world that you're working in right now, it's 18 months, two years, 36 months. Like you're doing things now that you can't speak about, can't share, people can't know about for years to come. That's the hardest thing because in, in a world of uh, immediate gratification, you know, I can film on my phone and upload on Instagram immediately and people start yeah, liking and sharing. In film, it's hard for me to watch. Like film something that I'm super proud of and then know that it might not ever see the air. And if it does, it might be a year, two years, three years later. Like mm-hmm. that's hard for me because I feel like those are hard hours put in. Like entertainment is not an easy thing and putting in the hard hours, working hard. If I'm losing time with my family, that's, that's hard on me. And so that's what that job was because I know what the job is. I'm able to hopefully inspire a mentor more. And so that's why it's exciting for me at the same time. If it doesn't go out for one year, two years, three years, it's, it's hard for me to handle that. And so yeah. I'm finally blessed to know that this show we've been working so hard on for so many years is hopefully going to see the light of day. And uh, I think it, I think we're close. We're, we're close. That's good, man. That's very good. But in this, Rocco, you've got a, a lifetime of stories to share. And I know that the calling finally came to you to take the long road home and, and write a book and actually write your own book, not some ghost writing, not some somebody else wrote it and you stamped your name on it. Like you've put the time and effort in to write your own story. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, I, I did. I don't think it's time yet for my autobiography at all. You know, so I decided I wanted to do a book like a self-help. I do public speaking already, and I thought it would be a good idea to have a book that would caveat to my public speaking. And so I've been writing a lot of my life lessons learned, and I've sat here for five months now going on six. I have a lot more to do before it comes out. I mean, we're going to be crunched in timelines. I actually emailed the publisher today saying, how bad is it if I if I push it off a month because the last thing I want to do is ever put my name on something that I don't believe in. And I'm starting to feel rushed. And when I feel rushed, I feel like the content of my writing uh, becomes washed down. And so it's been crazy stressful. I mean, this is what I do. This exact spot where you're seeing me right now is where I sit down and I write and I put some music on and I get down and I'm being as honest. I'm being as transparent. I'm being as vulnerable as I possibly could for the readers to really relate to the message. We all know struggle. We all know stress. We all know what it's like being broke. We all know what it's like transitioning from one career to another, from one lifetime to another, from being married to being divorced, from being divorced to being married. We all know these transitions and I'm breaking down my own personal transitions as far down to the root as possible, peeling back those layers of emotions, of, of, of thought processes, of, uh, of terrible mindsets that I've had and giving here was my answer. And if you can't find your answer in mine, at least you can see how I got to this conclusion and the mindset I've walked away from this with. 
And, and if I can help one person in one chapter change a life, then this whole experience is worth it. Oh, for sure. For sure. And in that, there's so many impactful messages and lessons, just like you said, of all the transitions and all the things you've made throughout your life. And it, even seeing you from the man that you were four years ago to the man today, and not that the man four years ago is broken and jaded, but like you're literally a, the transitions you've went through in four years, not dissimilar from me, but you're like a whole new evolution. Like the butterfly is out flying now, you know, you shed the cocoon and now you're, you, yeah, you're sharing that with the world. Like, I love this message. And Rocco, where could somebody grab this book if they, if they wanted to, to take a look at it? I mean, obviously I know we're in some pre-sale modes now, but pre-sales matter. Like if you're listening, writing a book is a pain in the ass. Like whoever told you it's easy and cheap and simple and quick lied to you or they used a ghostwriter and it's just all fucking bullshit. Like, this is this is blood, sweat, and tears, literally, that you're dumping into this. So where can somebody grab this at? Uh, right now, it's on pre-order on Amazon. You can get it, uh, your Kindle edition. You can get, uh, you can pre-order your paperback edition. It's called Light the Fuse uh, by Vincent Vargas. If you just put that in your search button, you'll find it. You can pre-order it now. Um, the, the date of release is supposed to be October 24th. I'm fighting like hell to get it there still, but... Um, it's been a struggle. I mean, like two nights ago, I told my wife, like, uh, I've never been this stressed and, and, and disappointed in myself that I feel like I can't make it. Um, it stresses me out. And also, every time you read it, it loses a little bit of its luster, I mm-hmm. guess. And so every, now, now I'm reading it thinking, like, who the hell wants to read this? And so now I'm all the self doubt is, is, is hitting all the insecurities are hitting me. And so, um, I had to take a couple of days off and, and really reevaluate it. And we're going back on it hard today and tomorrow. So we're going to finish off all these edits and I'm going to get it out as soon as possible. That's good, man. I, I, I sincerely hope you tell that little voice in your head to go fuck himself because I'm sure he's lying to you. Like your stories, man, even if you just shared what you just shared on this podcast, and just the authentic nature of who you are, people gravitate towards that. I mean, I know my listeners do. Like, just being yourself, and that's all. Like, that's all you are now. I appreciate it I appreciate for sure, it. for sure. Oh, buddy, I, I know that what, what's unique about this particular interview. As you're listening to this, Rocco drug me into my office at 10:30 on a Sunday morning to shoot this because we had we had some scheduling conflicts, and this is really important to me. So, it's important to me because my friends truly mean a shitload to me like and the fact that Rocco has a book coming out and has all this stuff coming out it means a lot to me if you the listener can support that because we're all trying to make the world a better place like I don't have people on this show that aren't actual friends that aren't like sure there's an agenda here I'll just call it what it is the agenda is make sure you know about Rocco you know about all the stuff he's been through you'd eventually buy his book tune in the tv show buy some beard oil I don't care support him but in that, it's like it's Sunday, and he's out in Salt Lake, so it's nine twenty-five. And being a good, a good church-going man that that Rocco is, he's taking his family to church, right? What time is church? Uh, in in a little bit. So we're gonna <laughs> get suited up and go. <laughs> in a little bit. I love that coy answer. In a little bit, like basically, let's wrap this up, brother. We got some other stuff to do today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate anything you do to help me, man. It's it's cool, you know. And you obviously know it's reciprocated. If you come here, we'll, we'll jump on my podcast, and we'll just keep doing it, man. For sure, man. I sincerely appreciate your time today, buddy. Always great catching up with you. Look forward to as the next show comes out. I want to have you on for part two. I'll just say that out loud right now. 
love to have you on as as your career keeps going and some of the new lessons you've learned and some of the new things that could be impactful so we can even dive deeper than we went today. For sure. Let's do it. I appreciate that. All right, man. Have a great day. I appreciate you being on and look forward to catching up soon. All right, brother. Later.